0: about it but then thought that uh you know at that point in time you know you are a little bit backed up you could be aggressive there and go for it i don't think you're wrong if you go for it but i don't i don't think you're wrong either and you saw what happened when we punted it this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers badgers bucks the
1: wisco sports show is on the air here's your host grant bills
2: Love sports because they're unpredictable. Sports betting is so fun. Just, you're always chasing, and you can never figure it out. It's madness, like March Madness. We love it because it's unpredictable, right? Got Vermont upsetting some blue blood program. We like chaos, and sports is chaos. I'm going to approach this from the other side. I actually enjoyed Week 14 in the NFL because it was predictable. Because we've seen the script before, and there's something comfortable about a routine. There's something nice about, you know, being in a familiar place. It's like when you go on vacation, right? And we all live in Wisconsin, or most of us probably who are listening live in the Midwest. When you go to Arizona for spring break, it's nice, but by the time you come home, you're like, ah, it's nice to be home. Even though it's freezing cold and dark and icy, you're just kind of glad to be back home. You're glad to be where it's familiar. It's a good feeling. Week 14 in the NFL. I mean, this is familiar as it gets. This is a script that I've seen dozens of times. I mean, think about it. Vikings had a dramatic game that was much more difficult than it needed to be. John Harbaugh made a coaching decision that was analytically, mathematically, common sense sound, and yet everyone gets mad about it. We're debating it. Steelers had drama with some Deaver type wide receiver. Check that box. Tom Brady's team got a lot of calls. Check that box. Packers crushed the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Check that box. And tonight, Matthew Stafford is going to lose to a team that's above 500 in prime time on the road, which we've seen dozens of dozens of times before. You know what I mean? Week 14 had a very familiar script. Very comforting feeling. Like coming home from vacation and pulling back into town. Oh, here's a quick trip that I always go to. And oh, I'm sitting in the car that I'm used to again. I'm going home and it smells like the home that I'm used to, right? It's nice being familiar with things. Week 14 in the NFL, although it wasn't super entertaining, or at least most of the games weren't yesterday, at least it was familiar, and that's a good feeling. We can always fall back on that. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you had just a splendid weekend. The Bucks did okay for us. They beat the Knicks yesterday. The Badgers, I guess they won't go undefeated in Big Ten play. It was fun to dream, right? They lost to Ohio State on Saturday. Might talk a little bit about both of those games, maybe kind of a two-for-one thing. Like, hey, these teams played. We'll mention them real quick. But, of course, we're going to talk mostly about Packers-Bears today. Packers winning last night What was the final score, 45-30. What a fun game. I know it wasn't close at the end, but at halftime, I'm sitting and I was watching with a couple of friends. I'm sitting back and I'm like, look, I know my team's been kind of messy and this game hasn't been clean, but what an entertaining game. They'd had a little bit of everything. There was a little this, little that, a little special teams, offense, defense, a little drama. Little, like, it, was, it was a fun game. Now, probably not as fun for Bears fans. But I'd like to think, entertainment standpoint for fans around the country, that was a pretty solid Sunday night football game. And as a Packers fan, as as my team played, it feels good to contribute to the overall entertainment value of of week 14 in the slate of Sunday games. So a lot to talk about with this game. That obviously is going to be the big focus of our show. You can be a part of the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Give me a call or give me a text. You can follow me on Twitter or tweet at me during the show, at Wisco Grant. I just prefer you to do both. Follow me, tweet me. We can go back and forth. Not just during the show, but during games. I'm really excited for Monday Night Football tonight. Matt Stafford and the Rams play the Cardinals. I know I should be pulling for the Rams to knock down the Cardinals a peg in the seating, but I'm not gonna lie. I just, I just really like watching the Rams lose, even if it's to the detriment of my team. I think I might pull for the Cardinals tonight. I know it might end up biting the Packers, but I, man, I tell you what, I just really like watching the Rams lose. Makes me feel really good. Maybe I have a problem. I definitely have a problem. So, we're going to talk about all that, maybe preview Monday Night Football a little bit for, you know, towards the end of the show for the last couple of minutes. Let's start, obviously, big picture, as we normally do to start the show. A lot of different angles to attack this game from. It felt like a very familiar Green Bay Chicago game, like I said, to start the show. Packers winning big on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau. But this game had a few modern twists, a few interesting things that I didn't expect. Now, we had the typical Packers Bears narrative. Stuff. Dominant record for the last 30 years, they're always gonna hit that. Quarterback comparisons, they're gonna hit that. Coaching records, Matt LaFleur, and then you know you compare him to coaches like Lovey Smith, Tressman, John Fox, obviously Matt Nagy now, who I think might be numbered his days in Chicago. In the broadcast is almost like they were eulogizing him towards the end of the broadcast. It's actually kind of weird. And then you add in Aaron Rodgers' comments about how I own you. No one's ever gonna let that die. Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury. So we're going to talk about that. And all of these stories are compounded and amplified because it's on Sunday Night Football. And Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth do a really good job working these stories into the broadcast in a very natural way. Like on ESPN, sometimes it's been very forced. Like Steve Levy. like, Hey, here's a guy whose sister died when he was six. Isn't that something? It's like, hey, hey, hey. Timing and tone, Steve. Like maybe pre- <laughs> it's, a, it's a postgame pregame thing. And don't sound like you're so happy all the time. Also, this game's in overtime. Please call the game, right? Like ESPN tries to do that, work in narrative sometimes. Sunday Night Football does a really good job of it. It's almost like two older guys sitting on the park bench just shooting the breeze. Oh, and there's also a game going on, and they do a very good job. And I've become a really big Chris Collinsworth fan. But the way that they broadcast and commentate this game, commentate, comment this game, is because they always show the owner's boxes. And the execs are always there. It's Sunday Night Football. It's always a big deal. They'll always get screen time. It feels like a movie premiere. It feels like a red carpet event. It feels like a stadium concert. Sunday Night Football just feels bigger, and it really amps up all of these storylines and narratives. Now, if we move past the narrative, if we talk about the X's nose and, and the actual thing specific to last night, Packers special teams. Um, I mean, I don't know. You watched the game. This probably isn't the first sports radio show you've listened to today. That was bizarre. I don't know how you can be that bad. I think they might've been pranking us and I can laugh about it now because they won, but God, if you would have had a bingo card for special teams flubs, you, you would have got multiple bingos. You would have got blackout. They flubbed everything last night. Almost to the point where you have to laugh. You laugh to keep from crying about the Packers special teams. Rasul Douglas had another pick six. He's got to be walking around hearing music in his head. That's how much he's probably feeling himself these days. Rogers' stats were unreal. You saw the graphics and the pictures and stuff on social media. Three touchdowns, 341, zero picks. We have a lot of topics to choose from last night's game. And special teams are probably the biggest sticking point. The thing that we'll talk about as we move forward throughout the season. I'm afraid we'll probably have to keep talking about special teams moving forward. The Bears had 213 return yards in the first half. The Packers had 218 yards on offense in the first half. It was that bad. This is how the first half went. Packers special teams 97 yard punt return for a touchdown 34 yard punt return 42 yard kick return 40 yard kick return kickoff out of bounds and for some reason Malik Taylor like volleyball spiked the football out of bounds at the 10 rather than just letting it go out of bounds that was a play I had to laugh at I was like wait what the hell did I see that right huh Like that was that was maybe the weirdest play of the night and yet we talk about the touchdown return and Mario Rodgers muffed another punt but was bailed out by a penalty. Whatever. Despite all that, the Packers covered an 11.5-point spread. So it didn't matter last night. We'll probably talk more about special teams as the season moves along because it's probably going to shape their season and no doubt give us a lot of anxiety. But I want to talk about last night. I want to push all those narratives and the noise to the side. Football's a very noisy game, right? There's a lot of things that happen over the course of a football game that really don't give us much value other than entertainment. Right now, if we're trying to predict which teams are good and which teams will win in the future, or if we're trying to bet on teams and we're predicting which teams are going to cover the spread next week or which teams we should put Super Bowl futures on, right? A lot of the stuff from yesterday doesn't matter. The I own you stuff. Well, who cares? Right? The toe injury. Unless it gets worse and worse and worse to the point where you can barely walk, well, it's storylines. It's drama. Right? Officiating. Yeah. Special teams last night. Eh, didn't really. Eh. Packers covered. I mean, they were just that much better at home off a bye, which they should have been. I want to talk about the thing that mattered to me last night, my biggest takeaway. I kept thinking about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and how they work together as a unit and how sometimes, well, not sometimes, all of the time through their limited three years together, they've been a little bit clunky off of bye weeks. And I don't think it's just Rodgers. I don't think it's just LaFleur. I think it's their offense as a whole, but I think a big part of this Packers offense is the way in which Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur connect to work together. Because when this team last night started slow and they trailed in the second quarter, that's what we were all thinking, right? I watched with a couple of friends and one of them looked towards me during the game and he goes, why is this team always bad off of bye weeks? And I said, well, I mean, they played the Niners two years ago. They played the Bucks last year. I mean, that's that's a small sample size. You play two... Amazing teams off the bye, that'll impact how you play off the bye. Also, and this is something that most people don't know, most teams aren't a slam dunk off a bye week. League-wide, the average is a lot closer to 500 off a bye than you'd think. Now, there's some teams that do better than others. Belichick does really well. Reed does really well. Pete Carroll does really well. Coaches that have been around the block and really are experienced in this league are very good at coming off of a bye, and they kind of keep the average higher than maybe it really is. I don't know that most teams have a huge advantage coming off a of bye. Maybe a little. Get some healthy guys back. That helps. But for the most part, the league-wide record is pretty close to 500. Packers were the same team off a of bye last night that they were in 2019, that they were in 2020. They're the same version. We saw the same Packers last night that we saw in what? Week 10 in 2019 in Santa Clara. And last year, I think the bye was earlier. When did they play Tampa? Week 5? Week 6? Same Packers in 2019. Same Packers in 2020, same Packers last night off a bye, right? The problem is, last night they were playing the Bears. And I'm sorry, Bears fans. I don't mean to be a jerk. Last night they were playing the Bears. That'll help. That'll make a big difference when you don't have to play Tampa Bay that went on to make the Super Bowl or San Fran that went on to make the Super Bowl. Last night, they played the Bears. They're the same Packers we've seen. Same Packers we saw off the bye two years ago, last year, this year. They've been the same team. Why? Why do they scuffle coming out of buys? Why do they struggle? Matt LaFleur's offense has been big picture great for the last three years. Aaron Rodgers was okay in 2019. He was brilliant last year. And other than a couple of moments in games this year, he's been brilliant as well. The offense, talent-wise, has gotten better every single year. The offensive line has remained steady, even though they've lost talent, experienced free agent talent, and they've been injured this season as well. Why is this? Why is Matt Lafleur's offense great, and Aaron Rodgers great, and the talent is great, and yet they come off a bye and they look like dump? Except for when they play the Bears. (laughs) A little bit easier to get right when you're playing the Bears. So I started thinking about this. Bye weeks aren't actually the only bit of data that we have to go off for this team. Think about it. They were horrendous in week one against the Saints. That's as bad as any team in the NFL has looked at any point this season relative to how good they actually are. I mean, the the gap, the delta between the actual Packers and Week 1 Packers, that space, that gap is massive. That's as poor as any team has looked relative to their actual talent level that I've seen all year. They were bad in Week 1. And think of it. Playing in Week 1, it's basically like you're coming off a huge buy. You're coming off the offseason. It's the biggest buy of all. And then they were bad in Minnesota in the first half a couple of weeks ago, and that was after Aaron Rodgers missed a week due to COVID. So the team wasn't coming off a bye, but Aaron Rodgers kind of coming off a bye and missed some practice time, and I think we can treat that like a de facto bye week. So bad off the bye in 19, bad off the bye in 20, bad off the bye to start last night, but they got right because it was the Bears, but they also have been rough early on in the season in week one against the Saints, coming off the biggest bye of all, the offseason and coming off of Aaron Rodgers' little COVID buy against Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. People think I hate Aaron Rodgers. It's not just Aaron Rodgers. It's the entire offseason, Matt LaFleur included. And I wrote this down last night. I think there's some sort of connective tissue between Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the, the way that this offense is run. Like the connecting tissue that takes Aaron Rodgers and connects him to Matt LaFleur and connects him to Nathaniel Hackett and him to Devontae Adams, the thing that holds it all together, so all parties, the way that they're connected, the connective tissue. I think it gets stiff. I think it gets rigid over the bye week. Those communication channels, the rhythm, the momentum, any sort of swing. You know, like jazz music, you just kind of, just kind of settle into it, and you kind of feel it. And you're like, I don't know what chord, I don't know what chord or key they're playing. It kind of sounds messy, but you know what? It sounds good. And I'm swinging my shoulders, tapping my foot, right as I'm listening. That that thing to the Packers' offense, when when it gets in the groove where you're you almost tapping your feet along when you're watching it, that goes away during a bye week. It gets rigid, and it's like they need to warm it back up. It's like taking something out of the freezer to warm up. okay like, hey, can you get out the, uh, the the venison, the ground venison from a couple months ago? Can you get it out, defrost it, we're going to have it for dinner tonight. They need to defrost this offense off a of bye week. Last night, once they got the offense warmed up, oh my God, it was unreal. So this is how the game went. I'm going to summarize it really quickly. You might've watched it and then went right to bed and not thought any more about it. This is basically statistically laying it out drive-by-drive. First two drives of the game, 10 plays for 40 yards and 32 yards came on one play. So they had nine plays where they picked up eight yards. A lot of wasted plays, a lot of no gain plays. That's the type of thing we talked about last week, right? Then, After those first two drives where they basically de facto went three and out. I know they went for 10 plays, but only 32 yards. After those two possessions, here's what happened. 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Four plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown. One play, 23 yards, touchdown. Seven plays, 46 yards, field goal. I think they wanted to go for it, but they're like, nah, what's the point? Three plays, five yards, punt. That was the one bad possession they had. And then 13 plays, 71 yards, touchdown. The final possession was a kneel down. So all in all, after those first two basically meaningless drives where they did nothing, they had the ball seven times, five touchdowns, one field goal, one punt. I think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur just needed to limber up a little bit. You know, like when you go to the weight room and you spend the first 15 minutes just stretching out, maybe you're laying down on a nice soft yoga mat, just open it up, right? Let the muscles breathe a little bit. Maybe you're doing some ab workouts, just get a little warmed up. That's what this offense needs. Off a bye. Off of the off season, Off a week where Aaron Rodgers missed with COVID. And I don't know how you address that. I don't know what the solution is to that. But it's clear that they almost need to stretch. They need to limber up. Or they need to defrost themselves when they come off a bye and into a game. And I don't know how they do that. Helps play Bears when the Bears aren't very good. Maybe you should just petition the NFL. Look, coming off a bye, could you just serve us up someone soft? We just, we got to get dialed back in. After taking a couple of days. Weird. Let's talk more about this. I have a theory with Aaron Rodgers. And why last night looked the way that it did. Why the Minnesota game looked the way that it did. Where early on it was painful. But then as soon as it clicked. And Aaron Rodgers got in place. And started running the offense. They couldn't be stopped. Why is that? Well, I have an idea. I'm going to share it with you. Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you'll disagree. I have some sound bites I want to play you from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard. Talk about some of these other games from yesterday, too, as we get there. Love to hear from you. Send me a text. Give me a call. 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show. Back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Zone Radio
3: Network.
0: Certainly, it's, it's not up to our standard. It's never an excuse. We were down to, we lost some key special teams guys tonight. And that's just the reality. And we got to find guys to step into those roles. And we got to execute better. Bottom line, we got to coach better. We got to execute better.
2: Matt Lafleur talking about the special teams. My God, they were horrendous last night. I don't even know how you're that bad. Sure, you give up a kicker turn here and there. But to be consistently giving up 40 yards on every kicker turn give up a touchdown on a punt return. To muff a punt. The only thing they didn't do, somehow, is miss field goals. The thing they've been doing all year. They had this team. I tweeted it last night. I'm like, look, you can rip on the Packers special teams all you want. But there were a lot of boring games yesterday. And the Packers are not boring. The offense is fun, the defense is fun, and the special teams were a garbage fire. But you know what? Sometimes it's fun to watch a garbage fire. I'd prefer for it to not be my garbage fire, but... Still a garbage fire? I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to fun to watch. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm glad you're here talking Packers-Bears. They won 45-30. And I'd love to hear from you. 608-796-2558. You can follow me and tweet me. Please do both. At Wisco Grant on Twitter. Started the show by explaining special teams aside, narratives aside, The belt celebration aside, I own you aside. Put all that noisy stuff to the side. What matters? As we move into next week and the week after and we get close to the playoffs, what's going to matter? What do we actually care about from last night's game? Other than special teams, I get it. Maybe I'll find some special teams coordinator or expert or someone for this week. I don't know. We'll, We'll try. I don't know what guest is supposed to come on to only talk about special teams, but if there's one, I promise I will look. I'll find them. So that'll come probably more later this week and throughout the season. Last night's game, the thing that mattered to me is, once again, this offense was sluggish off a bye. They weren't sharp. They wasted a lot of plays. They looked out of sync. Aaron Rodgers, it seemed, was trying to do one thing, and Matt Lafleur wanted to do another, and Nathaniel Hackett was like, well, what are we doing? And then all the players on offense, you couldn't get it blocked up, and it was just kind of a mess. As it was in 2019 off the bye, in 2020 off the bye, and in week one, when they were coming off of an offseason, and against the Vikings when they're coming off of Aaron Rodgers missing a game. The difference was last night, they were playing the Bears. And Bears fans, I mean this respectfully because this rivalry is not competitive enough for me to care. Your team just isn't very good. they just not very good. There's good talent here and there, and they're capable of making some awesome plays. And actually, we got to see some last night, which is cool because for a nationally televised game, I want to see Jakeem Grant do something awesome or David Montgomery do something awesome. He was kind of quiet. Or Alan Robinson do something awesome. Eh. The Bears have some talented players here and there, and they're capable of making some plays and hanging in games, especially if the Packers just decide to not play effective special teams for the entire game. Bears fans, you're just not very good. And again, I say that with the utmost respect and sportsmanship because this rivalry is not close enough for me to care. At least not now. I I don't care enough to be petty. You're just not very good. And that's why the Packers were able to warm it up on offense to come back in this game. Whereas in 2019, they fell behind to the Niners. They were screwed fell behind to the Bucks last year, and they were screwed. Or in week one against the Saints, I don't even know what that was. They almost came back on the Vikings a couple weeks ago, almost, but Darnell Savage just couldn't hold on to an interception. Last night, the Bears just weren't very good. That's why the Packers were able to get it going. And to start the show, we were discussing that there's there's a limbering up that needs to happen, like a de-thawing off of a bye. And I the, the visual that I was thinking of, or the analogy I was thinking of, was this sort of connective tissue between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And the way that they work together, whether it's mental, whether they have to say, whether it's spoken or unspoken, the the way that they communicate, whatever, it's like it's rusty. And then once they shake it off a little bit and they get it going, well, then they were unstoppable last night. After their first two drives, which went for 10 plays and 40 yards, there's nothing. They had seven drives throughout the rest of the game. Five ended in touchdowns, one ended in a field goal, and one was a punt. That's not excluding their last one, which was the kneel down. Rodgers and Matt LaFleur just needed to limber up a little bit. And honestly, I think it's because Aaron Rodgers has trust issues. And I get it. Because I sometimes have trust issues at work, too. Right? This is what I mean. Aaron Rodgers coming into the game when Matt LaFleur says, Hey, I want you to throw the wide receiver screen to the right side the second that you get the ball from center. Well... On that play, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a moment to look around. He doesn't have any time to get a feel for the defense or read. No, he's just supposed to trust that that ball's going to that wide receiver, and it's going to make it there, and that wide receiver's going to catch it, and no defender recognizes it from film. No defender jumps it. Aaron Rodgers is trusting Matt LaFleur and his offense to get the ball out. And I don't know if he likes doing that right away. I think he likes to take a quarter where he's holding the ball in the pocket, and he's getting a feel, and he's taking the temperature of the defense, and he's feeling things out. And then once he gets a good feel for it and he feels like he understands things, well, now he's a little bit more willing to throw those blind passes, those RPOs, the, those things that are really, really designed. But right away, I think he's a little nervous. I think he, he's got some trust issues, which he should. He wants to protect the football and, and keep from making a mistake. But sometimes I think, honestly, it's that overcautiousness that hurts this team. Just a little bit. Let's go to the phones. Mike is in downtown Madison. Mike, what's going on?
4: What's up, man? How was your weekend?
2: Oh, it was a little much. Uh, I had a buddy who was celebrating a birthday, and the expectation for celebrating on Saturday was just—it was too—it was too much. It was too much. I went it's to bed at like <laughs> the second the Packers game was done last night. I was asleep. I had a long weekend, but fun. How about you? Oh yeah, it was good, man. It was good. I had some nice family time and good football
4: watching yesterday. The one o'clock window was just terrible, but the afternoon was uh, really fun to watch some good games, um, some big playoff implications. So yeah. uh, Packers, I am not going to agree with you today. I think that it just sometimes it just doesn't work out. I think it's a hard league. It's hard to figure out, even if it is against the Bears. Um, they're still professionals. I mean, mm-hmm. the second half, Aaron Rodgers made that look Easy, So easy. Um, so easy. Some of those throws. That one uh, down the field with Devontae, um, just behind. where they, Who'd they switch? Jefferson off of Devontae. Um, and then he got caught in single coverage, and it, he just made it look easy. Man, mm-hmm. it was just unbelievable. Um, and then special teams. I know, you know, everyone's kind of joking <laughs> about it, talking about it. But atrocious. Like... <laughs> you know what you said with the bingo card, you could have hit every single one. Yeah. You would have Um,
2: needed a second card that you would have blacked out the first one and then you needed to go to the second card to keep playing. That's how many mistakes there were. It was amazing how thorough they were. It's impressive, actually. It's almost funny.
4: Oh, my my fear, though, is if, and I think that a lot of the special teams problems have to do with injury, and I think a lot of people can agree on that. Um, I think my big fear, though, is I mean, if that wasn't the Bears, who – I mean, we could have easily gotten beat off of those yeah. mistakes. Yep. Um, and, you know, that, that becomes Tampa Bay. Even if you're at home, even if it's cold, you're going to lose. That You give Tom Brady the ball at the 50-yard line mm-hmm. on every start, it's over.
3: Well,
2: and um, the, the Bucks so, and the Patriots, by the way, when Tom Brady was in New England – you saw for years, they were so buttoned up on special teams. And Matthew Slater was so good. They'd get these extra 10, 15 yards here and there. And over the course of a, a postseason where all the games are close, like, that's such a big difference. They were always finding little wins in the margins. The Packers do the opposite. They do the exact opposite of that.
4: Yes. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was listening this morning on 670 and, uh, out of Madison. They, they were talking uh, Packers are typically in the lower half of the league on the special teams. They've only been last. in I think four of the last 20 years, but still, you know, that it's just not an area they seem to focus on that much. Um, they hire from within a lot and I don't like, I don't think, you know, firing special teams coach is the idea. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think LaFleur was right on that. Also shout out to Matt Lafleur, uh, 80% win as a coach now. Um, he is 36-9 and nine regular season. I mean, it, Sean McVay who? Like, yeah. Matt LaFleur oh is God. is is it, man. So, uh, I think him and Rodgers
2: are just, they got it going on. Dude is the truth. Well, thank you. I appreciate the call, yep. and I hope things in downtown Madison are treating you well. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. See ya. Yeah, have a good night. Mike in downtown Madison, 608-796-2558. Matt LaFleur. He's not perfect. There are these little things here and there that stick with you. Like, ah, oh, they're not great off a bye. Hey, kicked kick that one field goal in the NFC Championship game. But as he gets more experience every year, and gets to kind of hone his craft, sharpen his skills, and get a little bit better at decision-making. He is a tremendous coach. And once you got through those, those two drives at the beginning of the game yesterday, we kind of had to just shake the cobwebs off, stretch out a little bit. I mean, they were flawless from start to finish. And it helps. It wasn't unbearably cold. The wind wasn't that bad. They were at home. They weren't playing in a dome, but that was the NFC North's version of a dome, or at least as much of a dome version of a game as you can get this late in the season. Everything is very controlled. They could operate. They could put together these long drives, and they did. Really impressive. Um, I just think Aaron Rodgers, sometimes he takes a little bit to settle into a game, and that can be dangerous when you're going against a high-powered offense that can be up all of a sudden 14 to nothing, and you're really behind the eight ball. We'll keep talking about this coming up next. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Text and call 608 796 2558. Packers beat the Bears by 15. They made every special teams mistake known to man, and then they created more that I didn't even know that could happen. And they still covered the 11.5 point spread. Packers, we salute you. We'll talk more about them coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had a swell weekend. Maybe, maybe I'll feel it out. I'll take the temperature, read the room. Might talk a little bit about Badgers and a little Bucks. They both played this weekend. Badgers took their first loss in the Big Ten to Ohio State. I don't know if there's a ton that was surprising about that game. The thing that we've said all along with this team is, well, they're maybe a little small. We're going to go against some really good bigs. They could be beat up inside. Well, that's what happened on Saturday. So much so that Johnny Davis basically said so after the game. He's like, yeah, I don't think our big men came to play today. Which, reading it on paper seems really bad. I don't think he meant anything by those comments. Not that they're wrong. They got pushed around. And that's been the possibility we've been considering talking about. uh, Hypothesizing with the Badgers at least for the last couple of weeks. I know they've been winning. And I love this team and everything I said about them at the end of last week. Still holds true. I still, absolutely, I love the attitude of this team. I love their mentality. They're really fun to watch, and I enjoy them. Uh, But also, we've been saying that they could get beat up on the inside. Uh, And that looks like that finally came to a head. That finally happened uh, on Saturday against Ohio State. We're going to keep talking about... The Packers and the Bears. First, I want to go to the phone six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight the talk of text line. Chris, is this you? Chris in Lacrosse. Welcome to the show. It is. It is. Welcome. Is Chris. this the uh, Gardner Minshew
0: fan club by <laughs> any chance? <laughs> we haven't mentioned Gardner Minshew, <laughs> dude. Urban- no, Meyer and, I, I and know. The, I wanted to get a plug in for him. They're but, bad. Um, they are. So here's bad. here's my take on on last night. And we, we look. We we know it was a horrible performance by the special teams. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say this. If, if we, if let's say last Friday, um, you had, had a topic about the Packers special teams, I bet you 99.9% of the commentary would, would be focused exclusively on Mason Crosby yep. in the offseason. He's happening, and also this weird phenomenon of the process of the hold. I don't think any of us were overly concerned about the yardage we were giving up on kick returns and punt returns. Now, we know that last night was Embarrassing It was, mm-hmm. but I'm not convinced. I just I chalk it up as an aberration. I think sometimes in sports, and that's the beauty of sports. You just get these bizarre oddities. And in fairness, uh, like the previous caller had said, the Packers are just this a team that doesn't maybe seem to uh, focus on special teams, but the Chicago Bears do. True. And not just Devin Hester. I mean, going back throughout their history, they do tend to make a priority. So while while I'm very concerned in, in, in a sense, I was, or I should say I was very concerned last night, um, I'm not overly concerned that this is now going to be a thing where all of a sudden, boy, we are going to get gouged with long punt and kick returns. So I would say to Packer fans like myself, just take heart. We won the game. It was a bad showing, but I don't think. And ironically, Mason Crosby didn't miss a kick. <laughs> yeah. Isn't so that the weirdest I guess part of all of this. I feel I yeah I don't feel overly concerned about it. But I think just more anecdotally, yes, they they should be a little bit more, you know, just cautious with that because everybody's right. If we pull that shenanigans in the playoffs, we're we're going to be one and done.
2: Let's face it.
0: So I'll hang up and listen to your comments, but yeah, just wanted to call in and give my two cents.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chris. And call back sometime because we have to talk more about Gardner Minshew. That's Chris and Lacrosse. Appreciate your call. Maybe the Jags want Gardner Minshew back, or can Gardner Minshew coach? Let's bring bring Gardner Minshew back just to take Urban Meyer's job, and he can groom Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had four picks yesterday. That team is a disaster. They are a catastrophe. They made the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles. It's not like the standard is high for the Jags. And yet, somehow, everyone is still talking about the Jags as this embarrassment. Wow, my God, it's bizarre. Maybe they want Gardner Minshew back. Sent him to the Eagles for a late-round pick. It's funny how sports work. It could be an aberration, Chris. I hope so. I mean, they literally can't... Well, I shouldn't say literally. I suppose they could. They could give up a punt return touchdown and a kick return touchdown in the same game. It, It... could literally be worse. Can't be much worse, but realistically, I don't I don't know how you would chalk up a better special teams meltdown than that. Maybe a more I don't know, like I said, multiple you could miss kicks. That's that's what I wonder. I wonder if over the bye week the special teams unit did nothing but kick. Like we're just gonna get the field goal kicking thing down. And they forgot about everything else. <laughs> like maybe that's what happened? Maurice Drayton, he he's not a multitasker. Maurice Drayton is one of those people that when you put a plate of food in front of him, he needs to finish one item of food before moving on. So Maurice Drayton, I would bet money, the Packers special teams coordinator at Thanksgiving, needs to finish all of his mashed potatoes before he moves over to start the green bean casserole. We all know somebody like this, right? You you either kind of pick and go from item to item when you're eating a meal, or you finish one item, finish the next, finish the next. Well, Maurice Drayton is, is still, he's doing the field goals right now. And we can't do punt coverage or kick coverage uh, or punt fielding until we get the field goals down. Maybe that's maybe that's Maurice Trayton's thing. I don't know, but it's an absolute mess. They'll have to get it cleaned up by the playoffs. The margins become so crucial in the playoffs. That's what we learned from the Bucks. The Bucks, play for play, were not that much better than the Suns, especially offensively. The Bucks would go into these ruts where the offense is just kind of tough to watch man, that's the best shot you could get. Like, man, that's forced. I don't really love that shot. They get in these ruts offensively where they don't look great. Now, defensively, they're as good as anyone. They have Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez and Giannis, and Chris Middleton's pretty darn good too. So defensively, they matched up with the Suns just fine. The difference with the Bucks, and it was the difference that kind of pushed them over the top against the Nets, and I think it's the difference that helped them beat the Suns too. They found little wins in the margins. Put back... Points, second chance points, offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line—they were very good at getting these little things. And if you get enough of those little things, they add up to be big things. And that's what the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick Patriots thing was all about: is they'd get in the playoffs, they'd be at home, and they'd put themselves in a great position, and then they wouldn't make mistakes. They just run tight, but boring, cleaned-up offense, and their special teams and defense were great. And their special teams. Were captained by Matthew Slater, and they always, always, always were right on point. So you take ten extra yards of field position for every drive, and you take away ten or fifteen yards from the opposing team every drive. And for a quarter, eh, it's a footnote, and for a half, it's a small little thing. But for a full game, it's important, and for two, three, four games throughout the playoffs, it's a huge thing. So the Packers don't have to be amazing; they don't have to be great, but they just can't be laughably bad. They were. They were laughably bad last night. To circle back to what I said at the beginning of the show, and we'll talk more about this. We'll reset the show here in about 15 minutes. I think sometimes Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, little, little stuffy when they start games. They're a little stiff. You get out of, the, get out of bed in the morning, and you got to take a big stretch, you know, shake out the toes, right? I think that's what Rodgers and LaFleur sometimes have to do on offense. Have a couple of possessions where they don't look so great, And then once they click, they click. And after those two opening possessions last night, it was touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown. They had one punt mixed in there. And then it was the end of the game where they kneeled it down. So seven possessions, five touchdowns, one field goal, one punt. And then the kneel down uh, was at the end. And that's something that we won't count in the grand scheme of things because it doesn't really matter. Let's go back to the phones. We have Steve and LaCrosse. Steve, welcome to the show. What's up? Nothing much. uh, Just... I know the game went how I figured it was going to go for Chicago last night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. They were What were they up? 10 to nothing? 17 to 10 or whatever it was? And you just kind of feel it. Like, I was frustrated. I don't know if I was ever worried that the Packers were going to lose that game. I
3: was... I was shocked by the lackluster of Green Bay's special team That might come back and haunt them in the playoffs. mm mm-hmm. um, You bet. They're... Their offensive, Green Bay's offensive line, is a scary situation right now, and I feel really bad for Packer fans because it's never good when you have your third string uh,
2: tackle yeah. <laughs> playing and starting. Yeah. Well, they have um, they've they've they're down their top four offensive linemen. They're without their left tackle, their left guard, their center, and their right tackle. And the one remaining player they have is Royce Newman, who's a rookie. And if all was fine and everyone was healthy he would be their worst starting offensive lineman so it's a mess i haven't even mentioned that thank you for bringing that up um number another thing from last night is i don't get why chicago
3: went to prevent deep cover 2 defense late in the first half and gave up the touchdown to adams when they were doing a great job of man to man the whole entire first half i feel like that was the that was the change that green bay needed to take control of that game. So wait.
2: Because. Yep. Yeah, t- tell me more. Keep keep talking. Keep explaining to me. I'm listening. Yeah. The, De- the Devontae Adams touchdown at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. The whole entire first
3: half, they were going man-to-man on Devontae, and they they went to cover two, and that's when Rodgers and Devontae hit it for a touchdown, and after that, the wheels just came off the bus for Chicago. And I was out with some friends, and after, after that, after that INT pick six, I looked at my friends who are Packer fans, and I said, have a good night. I'm going home, Yeah, and I'm going to bed because it's over.
2: Yeah, all right. I appreciate the call, Steve. I got to let you go. Thank you. I'm, we're going to talk more about these points. I appreciate you. Thanks. Have a good day. You as well. Yeah, my, my roommate and one of my best friends is a Bears fan, and uh, <laughs> when was it? He went to bed before Amari Rogers muffed the punt. So I think maybe it was the deep shot to Devontae Adams or one of those plays where he just said, ah, screw it, it's fine. And I was going to turn the game off a little bit early because I wanted to watch Succession. The season finale was out last night. And I'm like, eh, Packers are beating up on the Bears. I should savor this. So I waited 20, 25 minutes. But yeah, I'm with you. I think at some point you were watching that game. It's like, okay, this offense is heated up. The train is on the tracks. You are, you're not, you're not beating them. And even when Amari Rodgers muffed that punt, and we thought before the penalty came in that the Packers gave the ball back. I was like, okay, it's a pain in the butt. But I never thought the Packers were going to lose. So let's take a break. We'll talk more about this coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers win a wild one, 45-30 over the Bears here at Lambeau Field. That's the most points the Packers have scored in a game this season. Green Bay's offense and defense making big plays, but special teams' kick and punt team coverage was horrible, giving up a combined 259 yards in returns. Will special teams coordinator Moe Drayton be fired? Head coach Matt LaFleur.
0: Absolutely not. We got to continue to work. We got to look at the tape. We got to get things corrected. I'll be the first to tell you that. Yeah, is there some things that, that we have to clean up as coaches? No doubt about it. But we have to execute better as well.
1: More injuries for the pack. Right tackle Billy Turner left the game with a knee injury and did not return. He'll undergo an MRI. Wide receiver equinemia, Saint Brown with a concussion. Aaron Rodgers asked how his fractured toe is doing after a bye week and last night's game.
4: Now if it feels worse. Um I don't know what kind of setback uh, that I had tonight, but I uh, will look at it tomorrow. But definitely, uh, definitely take
1: a
0: step back tonight.
1: Rodgers, who threw four touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 141.1, says he won't know if there's been more damage to the bone until it's x-rayed. The Bears jumped out to an early lead in this one, thanks to plays like a 97-yard punt return by Chicago's speedy, Jakeem Grant. Um, I caught the ball and I was like, if you could see, I kind of like sat there for a second and I went to the right and I was like, oh, wait, there's too many people over here. And so I seen um, my boy, D. Will, he always say, just find me and I'm going to lead you to the promised land. And so soon as like, I kind of stopped and cut back, I seen him through the crack of everybody and I was like, all right, get around the edge. And once I got around the edge, I was like, oh, yeah, house call. calling. it's the punter. And that's it. Okay. It's easy. Oh uh, Man, it was beautiful. The Packers improved to 10-3. and They face the Ravens in Baltimore next weekend. Chicago falls to 4-9. They'll host the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Bears defensive back Jalen Johnson on what it was like watching their 24-14 lead erode at the end of the first half.
2: Very difficult. I mean, they made good adjustments at halftime. Um, whatever it is that they changed, I mean, it worked for them. And we didn't really have an answer. The run game got established. And then, I mean, they just made adjustments in the pass game. I mean, they did have a job. Best
1: Packers coverage.
2: Mike Clement, Our embedded Green Bay Packer reporter was probably up until, actually, I don't know if Mike ever went to bed. Wouldn't shock me. Mike probably got his stories written. He got everything right written out. He got all his audio cut. And then by that point, it was time for breakfast. Mike probably had a very long night last night, and we appreciate him and his work. We'll speak with him tomorrow at 5.30. This is the Wisco Sports Show, and my name is Grant Bills. Let's see here. We got three minutes. What? what what's the best way to... Hmm. You know what? Uh, quick, quick note on the basketball from the weekend. Because when we come back on the other side of this break, I want to get back into Packers. Uh, we might as well hammer this really quickly. Bucks played the Knicks yesterday. Madison Square Garden. It was a fun game to watch. I am sneaky okay with Bucks playing at 11 on Sundays. That's fun. It's a nice little hangover killer leading into lunch, leading into kickoff of the noon games. That was, that was slick. I liked that. We should do more of that. More 11 a.m. NBA games on Sunday, at least when my team doesn't play at noon. Packers didn't play until 7, so I guess I was okay with it. It was weird yesterday. The Packers haven't played on Sunday Night Football since the Niners, so it's been a while. And with daylight savings, it just felt like the day took forever. I was ready to go to bed at 6, 630. And I'm like, wait, we still have a full Packer game to consume and to take in and to react to. And once the game started and I got woke up, like that was a different feeling. Aaron Rodgers talking about Sunday Night Football and how it's different.
0: Night games just have a little different atmosphere. It's just a
4: little bit more special. You can just feel kind of the excitement in the year. And everybody's been kind of waiting all day for, for the game and uh, just a little
3: bit, a uh, little bit more energy.
2: Waiting all day for the game, maybe mixed in a nap and watch the Bucks beat the Knicks yesterday. That game at 11, I like that. That's let's, let's do more games there. That makes sense NBA. Have have 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. games and then leave the rest of the day to the NFL. I would be cool with that. I had something to watch and I had my Bloody Mary, my anytime drink. Uh, tip of the cap to Ebo in Madison on over the line in the mornings. Uh, the Badgers on Saturday, they lost to Ohio State. Also an 11 a.m. game. I like 11 a.m. basketball on the weekends. Then you can go about your day. I'm a big fan of it. They got pushed around on the inside. We were waiting and, like, just, I don't know if we were predicting that, but with every game that passed, it's like, hey, Johnny Davis is special. Brad Davison is good at this and adds this to the team, and they're doing good here and here. But Big Ten is definitely the most difficult conference in the country as a big man to play. You get pushed around. You can get bodied. You can get shoved. And the Badgers got beat up a little bit on Saturday. Now, Ohio State isn't the biggest, strongest team they're even going to face in the Big Ten. So they're going to have to figure out, okay, how do we, as a young, undersized, undermanned team, at least in the front court, what do we do? How do we combat that? Because they might not be able to go strength on strength. It's not like the Badgers just get bigger and stronger all of a sudden. That's impossible. Do they tweak the lineup in the way that they play? Do they try to go space and pace? Do they go small ball? Or do they just try to stay afloat the best they can and hope that Johnny Davis, Brad Davison, and some of those perimeter scores do enough to where the rebounding discrepancy, the second chance points, the fouls, hopefully it doesn't come around to bite them. I don't know. But this is a problem and a concern that we've talked about for a while, right? The Packers, or not the Packers, Packers special teams, but the Badgers on the inside getting beat up just a little bit. That's something we're going to have to talk about more I think as the season goes along, it's been on our radar, but I don't know if we've seen it play out in person the way it did until Saturday. And that's why the Badgers lost their first Big Ten game. Let's take a break. We're getting an update from Zach Heilprin. What's going on with the Badgers, the Bucks, Packers, all playing this weekend? I want to get back into the Packers and Bears and what really mattered last night. A lot of it was noise. What actually mattered? We'll talk about that coming up next. (laughs)